about talking to Jesus this morning. And turn your Bibles to uh, the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians this morning. Chapter 5. As we're doing so, Brother Mott's got our lessons. We're continuing our lesson from last week, uh, lesson two in our series on prayer, asking and receiving. And the lesson today, uh, why pray? Why pray? We're going to do a very, 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 very quick overview. Uh, basically, the overview is for those of you that may have not been able to be with us last Sunday and may have missed the notes. I want to make sure you get them this morning. And uh, We're going to look at the second half, uh, mainly of our lesson this morning. But as we uh, turn there with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Very difficult verse. Even Pastor Rice might be able to memorize it if he works on it for a few more years. Uh, three words. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Let's pray together. Lord, we come to an opportunity to look in your word to talk about prayer. Lord, we know from the text verse we just examined that, Lord, you want us to pray. Lord, we could stop there just with that one verse, those three words. And Lord, we can answer the question why we ought to pray. But Lord, I pray that you would give us teaching and encouragement from your word this morning as we shore up and uh, drive the stakes deeper uh, about this matter of prayer and why we ought to pray. Uh, Lord, we ask you to forgive us, Lord, in our prayer failings, for Lord, we have many. Uh, Lord, would you help me this morning? Uh, Lord, I need your help, Lord, to teach and write your truth. Lord, I pray you would... Open my heart. Lord, I pray that each of us here would be willing to receive what you have for us as we talk about prayer. Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I want to give you quickly just the notes if you missed uh, last week. As we talked about prayer, we said number one, uh, why we should pray is because God insistently commands it in the Bible. We gave you several verses last week we looked at. Uh, and uh, we see uh, Luke 18, 1. Uh, we saw this morning, we already looked at 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. We looked at Philippians 4, 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, Ephesians 6, Matthew chapter 26. Uh, several passages speaking about prayer and God commanding us to pray. Uh, I said number two, why should we pray? The number two reason we looked at last week is because prayer is God's appointed way for Christians to get things. Prayer is God's appointed way for Christians to get things. And uh, I want to make sure you get that this morning. James 4.2 says, You lust and have not, you kill, you desire to have, and cannot obtain, you fight and war, you have not, because ye ask not. Uh, so number two, why should we pray? Because prayer is God's plan and God's way for us to get things from him. My dog uh, has started, my wife has told me recently, when she's in the kitchen, especially in the evening, 
he will go and set facing the corner, lower corner cupboard cabinet in our kitchen. And he sits there very straight with his nose just kind of looking at the corner. He doesn't make a noise. He just sits there real close to the cabinet. And he sits there so my wife will realize he wants a dog treat. His dog treats are inside that cabinet. And my wife is a softie, so she sees him sitting there quietly, obediently, just looking there at that cabinet. So what does she do? She gives him a dog treat. He has learned the way he gets a dog treat from my wife is he goes and he sits there and just looks all prim and proper. As prim and proper as a big white beast can look uh, there at the cabinet. He knows how to get things. Prayer is God's plan, God's appointed plan and way for us to get things from God. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan. Number three, and I gave you this last week, because prayer because prayer is God's way for Christians to have fullness of joy. God wants you to be happy. God wants us to have joy. God doesn't want us to be miserable. You ever met a Christian that was miserable all the time? Uh, I'll tell you right now, I, God is not pleased with that. So, oh, no, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm miserable because God's put, no. If you're miserable, you are disobeying God. God doesn't want you to be miserable. God doesn't want you to make other people miserable. And by the way, when we're miserable, what do we do? We make other people miserable. That's our goal in life, it seems. God wants prayer, and God gives us the opportunity of prayer so we might have fullness of joy. John 16 says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive. Why? That your joy may be Full. Now, number four, we're going to start here uh, the second half of our lesson uh, this morning. Number four, why does God want us to pray? Number four, because prayer is the way out of all trouble and the cure for all worry and anxious care. I, I began this last week and started. We didn't get to continue much, but number four here. Why should we pray? Because prayer is the way out of all trouble, the cure for all worry and anxious care. If prayer is the way to get fullness of joy, and it is, uh, as we saw already, then prayer is also the way for me to get out of trouble and worry and anxious care. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. Notice that, the peace of God. Which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We're to be careful for nothing, the scripture tells us. Uh, we see the command in the word of God. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We're to pray about everything. Uh, we're not to fret. We're not to worry. We're not to be anxious. If there's an issue that our reaction, our gut reaction is, oh, I should worry about that, the reaction for a Christian ought to be, I should pray about that. I should pray about that. Have you ever been asked to do something that you knew you couldn't do? I have. 
I've attempted to do some things that I knew I couldn't do. And guess what? You're going to be shocked by this. I failed miserably because I knew I could not do them. Now, I can't deal with the worries and cares of life. I can't do it. And Christian, let me tell you, you can't do it either. But God can. So the way out of trouble, the way out of worry and anxious care, is for me to realize I'm not the way out. I can't handle it. I, I, I can't lift it. I, last night I had to uh, fix the brakes on my uh, very expensive sports car that I drive, and my little Festiva. And I told my wife, I said, when I was younger, I said, if I had somebody to help me, I said, I'm pretty sure I could have picked that car up and somebody could have slid jack stands under it. I said, now I'm barely strong enough to push a jack stand on the ground. But I, I had to go out and, and change uh, that, the brakes on the car. And as I was putting brake pads on, I was going to replace the rotors. The rotors weren't horrible, but I, I was going to replace them. And as I tore it apart, I realized that to change the rotors on that extremely expensive, very rare sports car, you have to take off the entire hub. The whole strut has to come off. You've got to take it into a machine shop. You've got to press. So guess what? I didn't change the rotors. I'm taking them back to Napa. I'm going to get some money tomorrow. I, I didn't, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. I don't have the facility to do that. Now, had I went in the garage last night and said, okay, I've got to change these, I'd still be there with a sledgehammer and wrenches, and I'd be fabricating and welding up things. I, I couldn't do it. You can't deal with worry. I, I can't deal with the anxious cares of life, but God can. And prayer is God's way for us to release ourselves from the responsibility uh, worry, by the way, is a sin. Not, not just a bad idea. Not, not just something that's not good. It's a sin. Peter tells us in chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The book of Psalms reminds us, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and it, he shall sustain thee. As Christians, we should be marked by calm, not by worry. We should be marked by peace, not by trouble. We can be happy that we can lay everything on him. Psalm 34, verse 6 says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. Christian, you and I can be delivered by, from troubles as we pray. It's God's way to deliver us from trouble. Dr. Walter Lewis Wilson the beloved physician and preacher, said that years ago he had a motto that he had painted and hung by his desk. This was what this great preacher of old had beside of his desk. Why pray when you can worry? Why pray when you say, Pastor, that, that's not doctrinally right. It's not No, but it's a reminder of the ridiculousness of why we worry. We worry because we do not pray. We're anxious because we do not pray. We're in trouble because we do not pray. Prayer is the way to constant peace. No matter the situation. No matter the circumstance. 
By the way, I'm, I'm not saying that a Christian is not going to have trouble. We're going to have trouble. Jesus said, hey, look, fellas, you're going to have some trouble. But in trouble, I can have peace. Years ago, my old neighbor, Keith, some of you know Keith, and I and his son went out hunting up by Smith, Alberta. A couple of you fellas know where that's at. You've been up there with me. I, we were up there. I was in my, in Keith's truck. He had a Dodge Dakota at the time. And he had me driving. I'm driving. He's in the passenger seat. And his son was getting tired. He'd been out with us all day. He was in the back seat. And we had some roads, or some of the worst roads I've ever been on, logging roads. I was, it was bad. I've been on some bad roads. I've seen some bad roads. This is about the worst I'd ever seen. And it was the point where I was driving. Number one, you could tell it was bad roads because I had two hands on the wheel. That means the roads are real bad. And I was, I was uh, laughing very uh, uncontrollably. That also means I'm terrified, just in case you ever see that happen. I'm, I'm, I'm scared at that point. And I'm driving, and, and I'm like, ah, 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 and there's a video of it somewhere of me driving in this road, and it's horrible. And I knew if I stopped, we're going to be there until Jesus returns. We're never getting out of there. And the truck is just, and I'm, ah, 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 ah. and while the video is going, the video of me driving this thing and the look on my face and white knuckling on the steering wheel, my neighbor takes the phone and turns from me and turns to his son in the back seat. He's asleep. There's mud being thrown up by the tires and coming in the windows and landing on his face. He's still asleep. We're laughing hysterically like while I'm driving, we're scared. He wasn't scared. He was resting very comfortably. Christian, you and I can rest very comfortably in the care of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. even in the midst of trouble, Amen. even when we're going through the most difficult days of our life. We can trust him. Uh, God has given us that opportunity of prayer. That's why we ought to pray. By the way, if you're burdened this morning, pray. If you're troubled, pray. We need to make a habit of praying about every need, every burden, every fret, every care, every problem until we can obey the command of the Savior to take no thought. That's a scriptural command. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall, your body, what you shall put on. And again, we see in Matthew 6.31, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? The Bible says that the wicked world, they seek after those things. The lost world, they seek after what can I get, what can I have. They, they seek after things. God says, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll take care of that. that that's on me. That, that's my concern. By the way, you have young children. Your young children don't come to you and say, Mommy, I, 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 wonder, I wonder what I'm going to wear. I wonder where I'm going to get clothes. Most of the time, you just wish they put something on, right? Or uh, they, they don't wonder, oh, Mommy, I wonder if we're going to have any food this week. No, they say, Mommy, give me food. Daddy, give me food. They know where to go. They know you're going to take care of them. They know that you will provide for them. 
Christian, God will provide for us. We don't have to worry about that. We can trust him. God doesn't want us to worry. By praying in problems when they come, we can obey Scripture to take therefore no thought for the morrow. Pray, prayer is the way out of trouble. It, it's the way to do away with worries, the way to do away with anxious care. Number five. Number five, why should we pray? Because answered prayer is the only unanswerable argument against skepticism, unbelief, and infidelity. Did you know there's a world out there that hates God? By the way, there are many. I don't believe in God, and I hate him. Now, you tell me the intelligence of that statement. Uh, the atheist, who I, I don't believe in God so much that I hate him, but they don't believe in him. Yesterday, Milton and I knocked on a door, and a guy came out, and he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an atheist. I said, sir, you're not an atheist. You're an agnostic. You're not sure that there's a God. He said, yeah, you're right. He, when he was willing to admit that he, he wouldn't say, no, there absolutely is no God, but there are those who hate God, those who wish to deny God, those who are angry with God, and they want to argue against and uh, to battle against even the thought of God. But can I tell you the one thing that they cannot have an answer for, the one thing that they, they cannot deny is answered prayer. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith, without faith it is impossible to please him. <coughs> For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Thus Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that no one can come to God. No one can come to God unless they believe God answers prayer. And what is the answer to prayer? It is the inoculation against unbelief. It is the vaccination that keeps away that doubt in God. That God does answer prayer. The Bible proves itself, the Word of God. All of nature. The Bible says all of nature declares the handiwork of God. For man to go and see the beauty of creation and say, this happened by accident, is ridiculous. God's creation cries out, there is a God. There is a God. But answered prayer cries out in such a way that it is inarguable. When God answers prayer, that's why when Elijah on Mount Carmel, he told the prophets of Baal, hey, you, you pray and ask your God. We're going to find out whose God answers prayer. And they prayed, I believe, and historians tell us that the prophets of Baal and that uh, in that day would do things to try to pretend answer to prayer. Oftentimes in an altar situation, they'd have someone under the altar and they would light from the underneath to make it seem as fire came. One of the reasons they cried and yelled, I believe, is because there was someone that was supposed to be lighting that fire. But God stopped it. God answered two prayers that day, not just the prayer for fire, but God stopped, I believe, the fire they were trying to start. And then Elijah prayed. And Elijah said, God, that all of Israel may know that there is a God in heaven. 
Elijah said, God, I want you to answer prayer so all these people can know that you're the real God. You're the true God. By the way, whenever God answered prayer, if you read, you'll find out many of those prophets of Baal, they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. How could a prophet of Baal cry out, the Lord, he is the God? Because God answered prayer. Answered prayer. Powerful, powerful tool. He said there on Carmel, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and thou hast turned their heart back. We see that God answering prayer is God proving himself. God showing himself. In the south where I'm from, we have a, a critter that lives in the woods called a wild turkey, eastern wild turkey. And those wild turkeys are funny animals. They're weird looking. I mean, strange looking creatures. They're terrified of everything. I mean, they're literally, they're, everything in the whole world looks and goes, man, I bet you that would be good with some cranberry sauce. I mean, everybody wants to eat them. They're, they're always jittery and crazy. And, but in the springtime, in the springtime, that old Tom Turkey's out looking for love. He goes out in the field and puffs up his feathers and fans his tail out and tries to show off. So we can say to those hen turkeys, hey, I'm the boss gobbler out here. I, I'm the one you want to come out to. I'm the, I'm the biggest, I'm the baddest Tom Turkey in the bush. Showing off. Can I tell you that God does more than show off with his power? God proves he is who he says he is. And prayer and answer prayer is an unanswerable argument. God answers prayer. The Bible tells us, I mentioned Elijah. It says, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. That's supernatural fire. Supernatural fire. There was no question. They didn't say, oh, somebody, he had somebody under the altar like we have. And, you know, they lit, no, we can't do that. That had to be God. That had to be God. I was hit by a car when I was 19 years old, just, a, just a, actually just a few weeks before my 19th birthday. And I was going around in front of a bus to go pick some kids up, and a car came around the bus and smacked me, knocked me about 20 feet. And the car did not drive away. It got towed away because I, my body caved the sole side in. and the, It did a mess to that car. I got up, kept walking, got back on the bus. Everyone's staring at me. Like, are you okay? Yeah, I think so. 
I had a hole burned in my suit jacket from the friction of the car, like burned through to my skin. Uh, my shoes were at the end of the block. I got smacked hard by a car. Later that night, I, I went to church. During church, I was sitting there, oh, I was in tremendous pain. Later that night, we, I drove back to Chicago in a bus, or I rode in the bus, and after we came back, I went to the hospital. A buddy of mine took me to the hospital, and they looked at me, and they told the lady what happened, and the, the doctor and the doctor said, well, you know, you've got the, all these, pointing out all the areas of broken bones that I was going to have. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said, I'm praying that I don't have any broken bones. And she looked at me and she said, I don't believe in prayer. I believe in the x-ray machine. So I prayed. And I'm telling you, I prayed as hard as I'd ever prayed as a 19-year-old kid. I was almost 19. I said, God, would you please somehow, if I've got a broken bone, would you fix it? Lord, would you let this woman know that you're able? She told me, you got this broken, this. She felt around, this is broken here. X-ray came back, all the x-rays. Doctor was in the room. I said, ma'am, I said, how many broken bones do I have? And she said, well, you don't have any broken bones. I said, how is that possible? She said, I don't want to talk about it. Christian, can I tell you that answered prayer is a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. The Lord, he is the God. That was the cry of those false idol worshipers. Christian, why should you pray? Why should I pray? Because I have friends, you have friends, we have family members who don't know the Lord who need to see that God is the Lord. He is the Lord. Those doubts flee away. The arguments fall to the ground. When we have definite, remarkable, provable answers to prayer, we see that God is seen as powerful. In Judges chapter 6, Gideon said, the angel appeared to him and said to him, Is with thee, thou mighty man of valor? And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if he be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not he bring us up from Egypt? But now he hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon answered the Lord with good reason and said, If the Lord is with us. He was saying, I want to see some answers to prayer. I, I, I want to see the power of God. Gideon reasoned that if God was with them, that they would see God working with them. God would prove himself. Christian, if God is with you, if you're in communication with him in prayer, and if God is all-powerful, God should be seen working in your life as answers to prayer. In Egypt, after God had done what uh, he had done for Moses, the spiritual people of Egypt said, we can do what Moses did. Moses, you know, did things that these magicians could not do. Why? 
because only God can do the supernatural. And it says in Exodus, then the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. Basically, um, we can't do this. There's only one that can do that, and it's God. Even the magicians of Egypt had to answer to Pharaoh and say, he has a God that answers prayer. Christian, the reason, one of the reasons we should pray is so our answers to prayer can be a testimony to the lost world. Daniel prayed, and his answer to prayer was a testimony to that wicked nation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they prayed to a holy God, and when they were cast in the fiery furnace, God was with them in the furnace. And testimony, a testimony. God revealed to Daniel the dream of Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4 of Daniel, and it was a testimony to Nebuchadnezzar. In Acts 13, verses 6 through 12, we see the story there of Sergius Paulus, a deputy of the island of Cyprus, who was wonderfully converted when he saw the answer to Paul's prayer. The prayer is implied there. The prayer is not given, but uh, in the blinding of the sorcerer there in that town in Cyprus, he saw God's answer, and he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ Verse 12 tells us there in Acts 13. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, what was done? God answered prayer. When he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. We need to face the reality that our lack of prayer is also a lack of testimony. Our lack of prayer is also a lack of promoting the Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray, God answers. When God answers, the world sees the answer to prayer. We ought to pray. We ought to pray definite prayers. Definite prayers. Why? Because we're looking for definite answers. God wants to answer our prayer. By the way, it's not always God's will to heal the sick. It's not always God's will uh, in certain areas. But there are some things that we can pray knowing God's going to answer. God can prove his power. By the way, even in the Bible, if you, if you look in the New Testament and the Old Testament, you understand that miracles were not something that wasn't like every day. Oh, look, another miracle. Oh, yeah, I was expecting that. It's a Tuesday. Uh, yeah, miracles happen on Tuesday. No, they, they, they weren't a normal thing. It was always supernatural. It wasn't a common thing. It wasn't a plaything or careless Reward for the curious. No, can I tell you that miracles are supernatural answers to prayer only by God. We need to trust him. We need to trust him with our problems. We need to go to him in prayer, asking him for definite answers. Why? One of the reasons is the lost world might see. So they might see. Number six, why should we pray? Because prayer is the only way to have the power of the Holy Spirit for God's work. Why should we pray? Because prayer is the only way to have the power of the Holy Spirit for God's work. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, gives us a very plain promise. If ye then, being evil, 
know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Here we're not speaking about Holy Spirit coming to indwell. Rather, we're talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Since Jesus Christ rose from the, rose from the dead and breathed to the disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost in John chapter 20, Christians have had the Holy Spirit abiding in them from the moment they believed. Every saved person, every born-again child of God has the Holy Spirit living in his body, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that promise, that seal, the promissory note. But in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, God is speaking about giving the Holy Spirit for power, for filling, for the purpose of service. In that same passage in Luke, Jesus gives a parable of a man who goes to a friend at midnight and knocks on the door. Be letting me go on to John and Lizzie's house at midnight, knock on the door. Mark would probably beat me up because I'd be waking him up too. But I'm knocking the door, and I hear John, uh-huh, what is it? Actually, he wouldn't wake up. Lizzie probably have to answer the door. And I say, hey, I, I need something. Uh, it's midnight, go away. Ah, what do you want? I need something. No, go away. Eventually, you do that long enough, the police will show up. No, you do that long enough, and they might come. They, they might answer. Why? Not because they want to, but because, man, okay, I'll give you what you want. I, I Just go ahead. Understand here, we don't have to question we don't have to question whether or not God wants to give us his power. God definitely does. His purpose is to use us. We are simply to ask him. The Bible says, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? It's always been true as we look at history. That when great revival has come, it's come an answer to prayer. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I heal their land, forgive their sin. Habakkuk, the prophet, prayed, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of years. We see the prophet praying for revival. He knew that God's power upon God's servants to see great work was a matter of us asking him. And why should we pray? Because prayer is that way for us to have the power of the Holy Spirit for God's work. If we long to have personal, definite endowment with power, understand it is only by prayer. Letter A in your notes, notice before Pentecost, the disciples prayed. We see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. They were gathered in that upper room and they prayed. Following a season of prayer, 
and supplication, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Letter B in your notes, after Pentecost, the disciples needed again to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.31 says, and when they had prayed, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. You'll find in those two passages, in Acts 1.13 and 14 and then in Acts 4.31, that nine words in both passages are exactly the same. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Both of those times following prayer. They prayed before Pentecost. They prayed after Pentecost. Letter C in your notes. At Samaria, at Samaria, Philip preached. And there were many truly converted. But the power of the Holy Spirit for witnessing and soul winning did not come upon the converts until after prayer. Until after prayer. Acts 8 tells us in verse 14 through 16, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they came down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We see a distinction here. It refers to uh, not the indwelling, but the power of the Spirit upon them. Letter D, quickly. Paul, the apostle, was filled with the Holy Spirit three days after his conversion. And that was an answer to prayer. Acts 9, verses 3 through 6, tells us about Paul's conversion. He said, Lord, uh, he asked the question, Lord, what will you have me to do? Uh, he, he went three days without eating or drinking uh, in constant prayer. What was Paul praying for? In verse 17, the answer is given. It says there in that passage in Acts, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put in his hand upon him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, hath appeared unto thee in the ways thou camest and sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. After three days of prayer and fasting, we see that here with Paul. Letter E. Paul and Barnabas were especially filled with the Holy Spirit for their missionary journey in answer to prayer. Paul and Silas were especially filled with the Holy Spirit for their missionary journey in answer to prayer. In Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, we have the story of a group who met and fasted and prayed and to the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. God had a purpose for those men that came about and the power for that work came about because of prayer. The way for a Christian to have the power of God for his service is to pray. Letter F in your notes. It was Paul's constant prayer for other Christians that they should be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 through 19 we see Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. May given to you the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation and the knowledge of him and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. We see it mentioned again, for this cause I bow my knees in the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He would grant you to be strengthened with might by spirit that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul was praying for these Christians to have the power of God for soul winning, for witnessing, for the service of God. Prayer, unceasing supplication to God was the secret power that came after Pentecost and resulted in the saving of so many souls. Prayer, heartbroken, sin-confessing, penitent prayer for God's power. Why pray? Because God wants by prayer to empower us for his purpose, for his work. Prayer is God's appointed way for us to have the power of the Holy Spirit to do his work. Number seven, number seven quickly here this morning. Why should we pray? Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Romans 10, 13, we're told that very plainly, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lost sinner who prays to God and calls to God for salvation, who simply, by the way, prayer is asking. Prayer is not making up some words. Prayer is asking God. When I ask God, when a lost person asks God for salvation and calls on him, God answers. In Luke 18, we see the publican beating on his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God answered that prayer. We see the thief on the cross hanging there beside our lovely Lord. And he said, Lord, remember me. Well, not come us in that paradise. God answered that prayer. He answered that prayer. By the way, that guy never went to church. That guy didn't get baptized. He, he never gave money to a church. He, he, never, uh, he wasn't part of taking the Lord's Supper that night with the disciples. He didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, he, he never gave up his, his sin and quit. He, he simply called on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's how every one of you got saved. That's right. If you're truly born again. Amen. If you're trusting anything else other than that, you're not uh, trusting the only thing that can save you, and that's Jesus Christ. But we see here that God answered that prayer. Jesus said, today, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. It's made clear in the Bible many times that heart faith is the deciding fact for salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. It's very plain. Whosoever shall call him in the Lord shall be saved. The trembling steps of faith are often taken with more ease when one prays, consciously putting his cry for mercy and dependence in the words. Can I tell you that it's a matter simply, a matter simply of calling upon him. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Him that cometh to me, the Bible says, I'll in no wise cast out. Let me, can I quickly give you a conclusion, a reminder of those seven things before we close this morning? Number one, why should we pray? It's a command plainly by God that Christians ought to pray always about everything 
and everybody with all prayer and supplication. Prayer is God's way, number two, for us to get things from God. Prayer is the way for Christians to find fullness of joy. Prayer is God's cure for, cure for worry, the way out of trouble and anxious care. Prayer, answer prayer, is God's way of stopping the mouths of unbelievers. God's unanswerable argument against infidelity. Number six, prayer is the way to have the power of the Holy Spirit for God's blessed work. Amen. Number seven, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, we ought to pray. Amen. We ought to pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to pray. Thank you for the fact that we know that when we speak to you, you hear us, and that you can answer, and that you can do great and mighty things that we know not. Lord, I pray that you would work mightily today. Lord, I pray that your will will be done in this place, and Lord, you might be glorified. Now bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You be dismissed. We'll start a service here in about 17 minutes.